Jesus. Thankful for people just excited about the the Word of God. Amen. I've seen people. I hope uh, I hope the shoe doesn't fit right where you're sitting, but they uh, they get excited during worship and in the Word of God they just kind of zone out. They just uh, it'd be almost crazy for them to say I, Amen. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. Why, why is that uh, a problem for you? Amen. Hallelujah. Why aren't you excited about the Bible? Amen. I'll tell you, it tells something. I think God's watching you. I'm pretty sure of it. Amen. If you're not excited about His Word, you're not excited about Him. You're excited about a feeling, an emotion you might be able to pick up off of somebody else. But if you can get excited about the Word of God... If that can, if you can say, hey, I, I believe that. That's, I, I need that. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not in a hurry to get out of here. I love this. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, glory to God. Romans 12. You want to you wanna hear well done. You're going to have to. Hallelujah. You're going to have to know this word to be a doer of it. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Romans Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. We love you so much. Thank you, Lord. God, for what this word does to us. It affects us, God. It cleans us, Lord. It sanctifies us. Lord, it shines a light in our lives. It cuts away, Lord, flesh and sin, God. It helps us grow. God, feed us this morning. God, help us to understand and to, to be doers of your word. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Romans 12. Let me read here in verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation, without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Hate it. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Don't do it. Don't chuckle at it on YouTube. Hello? Abhor it. That kind of means hate it, but that's a little stronger than hate it. Hello? Oh, I know why you're not excited about it. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. That's what the Word says. We heard a lot about that this morning. Praise the Lord with our testimonies. In honor... Preferring one another. Not just being kind to one another, but through the Holy Ghost, we recognize one another as more valuable than ourselves. We're not on an ego trip. Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. Paul said, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. Amen. Thank God for my brothers and sisters. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit, passionate, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. That means things aren't always easy. But you rejoice in hope and you're patient when things are difficult. And you continue always in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Thank God for generous brothers and sisters given to hospitality. 
God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to talk about that for a little while. All these great things in this word, uh, this passage of the word. But we want to focus in a little bit on giving to hospitality. Praise the Lord. Hospitality, what's that mean to you? Well, it, it definition is a friendly and generous entertainment of guests. I think uh, Sister Madeline talked about coming into church and getting a warm welcome. Amen? Friendly, generous entertainment. It's the same word. We're going to read a couple more places, contexts of this word. But it's the same word used in the original language when God says, be careful in the book of Hebrews to entertain strangers. Amen? You ought to be kind to everybody. Because in the Bible, there were times when the guest was an angel from God. Amen? Hey, we believe in it today. God may be working in a lot of different ways. That person that you may be short with might be somebody that needs to see the salvation that you have. Amen. They may have never gotten an opportunity to be around a child of God before. Amen. And some people that probably had a lot of different things they could have been doing, their guests were angels. Considering. you got to be... When you are hospitable or showing hospitality you're being considerate of their feelings amen you're being you're going above and beyond to make them feel welcome to feel make them feel special to make somebody feel at home amen it's easy any child can make somebody feel uncomfortable but it takes some thought it takes some foresight to think How do I make somebody feel welcome? Feel important. Feel special. Feel at home. Amen. 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9 says, Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Hallelujah. Charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. I'll tell you who the happiest people in the house are. Not the ones that are the, that have the easiest way, but those that care about others. When you begin to focus on others, you begin to consider, be considerate. Think about what they're facing. Think about how you can make them feel loved. Think about how you have a part. Amen. Choose your words. You have the power of life and death in your tongue. Choose words that will encourage. You might be discouraged today. I've got an p- idea for you. Encourage somebody. Sow some encouragement. Sow some positivity. Sow some blessing. Amen. First Timothy 3 and Titus 1 talk about the qualifications of leadership, of a bishop. Both tell us, to be given to hospitality, be a lover of hospitality. If you are going to grow in God, you have to repent of being self-centered. This is not your personality that I'm talking about. It's about God's will and God's personality living within us. Amen? 
that we consider others. That we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor, amen, as ourselves. That we recognize, amen, how we ought to honor honor one another. Amen. When you think about it, if uh, not only when somebody comes into the house of God, but if you can consider maybe in a way to understand this, if you invite a guest to your house, amen, uh, there, there may be some things you're comfortable with, but you want to make them feel special. Amen. You might not... It might not matter too much what kind of clutter might be around. Amen. But you want them to feel welcome. Amen. A self-centered generation says, hey, you get what you got. This is me. But you know what? In God, we present our best. We go above and beyond. We go the extra mile. Amen. Hallelujah. You might feel comfortable sitting around in your underwear. I'm not going to be comfortable with that. Amen. Amen. You may be, you may sit around, feel comfortable, said, you know what? Showers are overrated. I'm not going to be comfortable with that. Amen. We're going to do what we can to make somebody feel at home. We're going to go above and beyond what we feel comfortable and make other people feel comfortable. And we think about the house of the Lord. Can I tell you what I want to do here today? More than anything, I thank God for the friendliness in the house of God. It's, it's different when you got it for real. When it's the Holy Ghost, it doesn't feel like a, like a used car salesman. Amen? It doesn't feel cheesy or plastic that, you know what, I, I'm going to be your friend as long as you try to fit in with us. But if you don't, then you know what, I, I don't have time for you. That's not real love. That's a manipulation tactic. Amen? We're not selling something. We're shining. Amen. I tell you, I tell people all the time, you come to church or not, I'll help you. You can be a child of God. I want you to come to church. I want you to live for God. I want you to know Jesus. But if you need a friend, this is my phone number. Amen. Because I can't save them. And I don't want people to feel like my love for them is a gimmick. Amen. It's either real or it's dissimulation. Amen. It's either real or it's hypocrisy. And there's been a lot of people hurt by churches because as long as I, as I feel like I'm part of the club, you know, then they treat, no, we ought to be respectful and make people feel at home. Amen. But what I want to talk about just for a little bit, I don't know that I'm going to really get as far as I, I really want to, and we may pick this up again next week. I want to talk for a little while about the importance of making our guests of honor feel welcome in the house of God. Because, see, you're important to this church. Amen. You matter to this church. But you are not the guest of honor. You're not the one that we are preparing a place for. Amen. You're not the one that we are trying to entertain most of all. This is about God. Amen. Uh, More than anything, I want God to feel welcome. More than anything, I want God to feel at home. More than anything, I want to make sure God feels special in this service today. Amen. If you're uncomfortable, I'm going to be able to be okay with that as long as God is comfortable. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable, but I don't want to make you comfortable at the cost of making God uncomfortable. Amen. Oh, give God the glory one more time. Amen.
Oh, thank you, Lord. God bless you. You can be seated. We become too self-centered in, in worship. You can drive by just about any place and see on the sign uh, whether they have uh, traditional. According to whose tradition? Amen. Somebody said, I like hymns. I like hymns. What hymn book are you talking about? Hello? Or is it contemporary? I'll tell you, what about making God feel comfortable more than anything? What about thinking about what pleases God? That when we come into His presence, He can move freely amongst us. He can feel like He's being blessed. See, we got this mixed up idea. We could just give God what we like and He's just that kind of God. He's worried more about pleasing me. Hey, we ought to be more worried about pleasing Him. Amen. Hallelujah. John 4, we're familiar with it. I want to read it again. I'd like to take some time and just talk about what the Bible prescribes, what makes God comfortable. Hallelujah. What makes God blessed, feel blessed? What makes God feel at home? Amen. John four twenty one says, Jesus said unto her, saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither worship, ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem, Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship not, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers. We got to recognize that this Bible says there's a, there's a way to be a true worshiper. That means there's fake worship. That means that worship can be false worship. True worshipers, look what it says, shall worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Oh, I'm looking for a certain something there. I feel comfortable. I'm looking for style that I like. I'm looking for, hey, listen to me. The Bible talks about true worshipers. It's about God. It's about giving to God. It's not about how I feel or what I'm comfortable with. I want God to feel at home in my worship. I want God to feel at home in this service today. Amen. God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's got to be deeper. It's got to be my spirit linking with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's got to be God's Spirit that is welcomed by my spirit. See, here's the problem that a lot of people refuse to acknowledge. If you read this Bible, you're going to find out that God's will and what makes God comfortable so very often makes our flesh uncomfortable. Amen. That we don't come to the house of God and say, I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to, I, I'm going to feel good at the end of this. Hey, I, I, I believe it. We talked about it the other day. You can get a group of people together and maybe you've been a concert goer in the past or maybe you've been in sports arenas and, and there can be a charge and there can be an emotion. There can be a feeling because of all that passion that is together. But that's not the Holy Ghost. Something amazing will happen sometimes when we are uncomfortable. Amen. When we don't feel that like that, that this flesh is... But we crucify that. 
Amen. We get, get past that. Like I was talking about, our flesh. Can you follow the, the illustration that I'm trying to make here? He doesn't like the smell of our flesh. He doesn't like our flesh to be exposed. Amen. He wants us to crucify that flesh. Our will, our ways, our preferences. we got to humble ourselves when we come into the presence of God. And worship Him from our hearts. Hey, you might not like it when somebody just emotionally just shouts, Oh, thank you, Jesus! That might make you look around and snicker. That might make you feel a little uncomfortable. That makes God so comfortable. Hallelujah. That makes God feel something there that He can move in. Amen. And He'll bless what He loves. He'll bless what he, when He feels welcome. Amen. Praise God. We, we are so mixed up with who's supposed to feel comfortable in the house of God. And it makes it tough. I want to see. I'd like to see this place packed out. Amen. I would. Nobody more than me would like to see everybody just show up. We'd have to figure out, bring out some chairs and start talking about a building program. Amen. You can make people comfortable. I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. But the fact of this word is you watch Jesus. Amen. Those religious leaders were uncomfortable around him. They got to a place. A lot of the religious crowd, they walked out on him at times. A lot of the religious crowd said, you know, we got to find a way to kill this guy. Amen. See, a lot of people failed to recognize the idea that the ones that were manipulating the government at that time to carry out a public execution was the religious Jews that said he's messing with our comfort zone. He's messing with we got a good thing going on and we don't want to lose it. Hallelujah. I'll tell you the most helpful preaching I've ever had was something that helped pat, patted me on the back and made me feel comfortable in sin. But made me feel uncomfortable. Made me feel like I had to crawl up to the altar. Amen. Brought tears to my eyes. Brought shame. Thank God for shame. Thank God for that. Amen. That says, I, that says be merciful to me, a sinner. That pointed out something maybe nobody else knew about, but now I feel exposed and vulnerable because I'm not what I ought to be. See, because I don't feel cast out. I don't feel that God is trying to push me away. But in recognizing He's showing me the problem to get that out of me so that I can enjoy my relationship with Him. Amen. We had a man came to my mind. I hadn't thought about him for a while. Friend of a man who was coming to church. and he, he was come from a rough background, to say the least. Don't we all? And, uh, you know, please, uh, maybe you would have done things differently. I tried my best. Uh, the man came to church, and we were th- I was thrilled to see him. He came in early. Sat around where Cain was sitting. And, and uh, wasn't a child of God, didn't claim to be one, but came to church, and we're excited about that. He pulled off his jacket. Didn't just pull off his jacket, but after he pulled off his jacket, he, he stretched out, put his arms way out on each, 
each of the side of the back of that pew. And, and as I was praying and trying to take care of some things before the service, I noticed the tattoos on this man's arm were beyond vulgar. Beyond vulgar. Just nudity and filth. And, and I said, oh God, I'm so glad he's in church. So glad he's in church. But at that time, we had... Some of you were with us at that time. We had probably 35 or more young children. Just babies and Sunday school children. And, and, and I said, God, I want him to feel comfortable in this house. He doesn't know any better. But God, I want mothers to feel comfortable in this church. I want these children to be safe in this church. And I want this to be a clean place for you, God. And and I asked him, I said, I, said uh, I don't remember the man's name even, but I said, come on back to the office just a minute. I said, man, I'm so glad you're in church. I'm so glad you're here. I wouldn't offend you to save my life. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable here. But I said, I want, I want everybody to feel uncomfortable. I want everybody to feel comfortable too. And I said, you know, your past life, that's, that's, that's in the past. That's, you know, we want to move forward, but, but we've got young children in this church can can you please just out of consideration for them can you put the jacket back on maybe cover them up he looked at me just kind as can be said oh absolutely i didn't think of that i'm sorry and i said thank you i said again i don't want you to be uncomfortable but but for the sake of the the children you know there's and i guess you know in the in the moment, he felt the kindness and the courtesy of that and didn't really have a chance to think about it and get an attitude about it. But then something caught up. He started thinking about it. He said, hey, listen. All that, that's just natural. He was pointing at nudity on his arm. That's just natural. I said, yeah, sure it is. I mean, going to the bathroom is natural, but we don't want you doing that out there either. <laughs> There's a lot of natural things that ought to be flaunted in front of folks. But, I mean... I'm not trying to make you condemn you or criticize you, but, but for the sake of our children, could just please feel welcome, but just put a jacket on. You know, we're, we, I know we're living in a day when it just seems like folks have all kind of baggage in their lives. I get that. And we want people, we want you to, to help people feel comfortable. But it takes something to be able to recognize that, that others are valuable as well. That how I present myself, how I treat people, how I talk to people, I hear it all the time, a selfish, very immature attitude in people calling themselves Christian. Well, that's just who I am, and God loves me. But God does love you, but He helps bring out the best in you. He wants you to... to, to Grow and be better. Amen. And God does that. He doesn't leave you the way you are. And the same way that I tried to help this man understand that there's others here that, that, that uh, your, your soul is worth more than this whole world. But it's not worth more than, than a room full of souls. Sometimes we can cause people to stumble. And, but we want God more than anything. We need to consider God. See... You come to church and, and act like us, let me say. You can put your hands up in the air. You can sing the songs. 
But is God comfortable with what you're doing? Is your spirit involved in that? At the end of the day, if you can say, you know what, I, I did what I was supposed to do, but was your heart welcoming the Spirit of God? See, I think a lot of people lack the consistency of recognizing that true worship can't just be something that is a... Is a uh, Maybe once in a, a while kind of thing. But you can come into the presence of God, humble yourself, set aside all the things you're fighting with, and love God with all your heart. Amen. When you come to church, it's not all about you. Right. Amen. Amen. When you come to the house of God, it's all about Him. Amen. And can I tell you this? Others come before you even. When you start recognizing I'm here to love Him and, and serve Him and love others and serve others. Hallelujah. You've got to crucify yourself. You've got to crucify that flesh. That pride. That stubbornness. That self-will. God hates the smell of that. God hates to look at it. Yeah, He does. He resists the proud. Our songs don't need to be carnal. They need to be about Jesus. Our worship doesn't need to be about our flesh. It needs to be about Jesus. Amen. True worship means you're going to humble yourself. Psalm 149. I want to get into some specifics about Bible worship. But I feel like today we're just laying a foundation. Hallelujah. Psalm 149, verse 1. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And His praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Thank God for the joy of the Lord. Thank God for rejoicing in the house of God. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let him sing praises unto him with a timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. Aren't you glad for that? God loves when his people give him glory. Because it is a time of fellowship for him. I know I hear people say, well, God is just so stuck on himself. God's such an egomaniac. It's all about, hey, this is about a time of mutual love. Amen. It's a time when we come into his presence and he shows his pleasure in us as well. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And a two-edged sword in their hand. I, I, one of the things I want to begin this study with, and you say, oh, brother, don't tell me you're just beginning. Right, we're going to continue on next week, Lord willing. I mentioned uh, here recently with someone that I was reaching out to about worship. The Old Testament has seven Hebrew words. Different words that are translated praise in our English Bibles. Each one of them carries a specific connotation, a specific idea about what it means to truly worship God, to truly praise Him. It's not something that is passive. 
It's not something that you can do half-heartedly in any of those words. In this context, in this, uh, these verses that we read, the word praise and praises is used several times. And in this context of rejoicing, of dancing, is this word that is used more often than any of the other words that we will more than likely look into but for sake of time, just take some time with this word. That is the most common word that is used in our Bibles for the word praise. And that is the word halal, which is where we get the word hallelujah. It is a word most oftenly associated with praise. And yet so often people are so ignorant of what does the Bible prescribe as praise. Because this is not a word that just means, hey, we're going to come and do what we like. It's not a word that gives any place for pride or self-will. But yet it is a word that makes God comfortable. Because it is a word that means to celebrate. It's a word that means to rejoice. It's a word that even in some context, it, it, the, the, the passion and the excitement means that you are just raving before the Lord. That you are setting, it's, it's like what David's wife, Michal, said to him. You have uncovered, you, you've made a fool of yourself in front of everybody. He said, I'll abase myself even more the next chance I get. Praise and worship is not meant to be something that we enter into to fulfill a routine or a duty. But praise is something that is our spirit and our heart that worships Him, that loves Him, that puts our emotion into this. Amen. It doesn't, there's a lot of people that are not going to be comfortable with that. And like David, who told his wife that, hey, yeah, I'm going to just continue to humble myself. And if you might think I'm playing the fool, then you watch me from here on out. But listen to me. I'm not going to spend one moment worrying about what somebody else thinks of my time with God. Amen. When I praise Him, when I love Him, when I express that celebratory joy of what a great God He is. Hey, you don't know like I know what He's done for me. He deserves every bit of glory that I can give Him and more. Oh, give Him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. God bless you. You can be saved. You say, I'm not uncomfortable with that kind of, kind of carrying on. God's uncomfortable with our flesh. God's uncomfortable with our starchiness. God's uncomfortable with our weak prayers and our weak praise. And our praise that worries about keeping our hair a certain way. Worries about what people are going to think. Maybe I might wrinkle something. Hey, God's not comfortable with your flesh. Amen. This pride is not God's will. I'm going to tell you, for God to live inside of you, pride's got to be dealt with. For God to fill you, your will's got to be crucified. For you to say, God, I want you to live inside of my life and feel comfortable in this temple. Amen. He's going to have to rearrange some things. Amen. He's going to have to take your priorities of your will and crucify them and fill you with something greater. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Why are you wasting your time worrying about what other people think? You're not going to please them. Amen. They're, you, you're worried about the wrong people. Amen. 
Why would you waste your time thinking one minute when you're coming into the presence of God to entertain Him? I wonder what somebody is saying about how the, the angle of my elbows as I lift my hands. Is it too high? Is somebody offended? Is somebody, is somebody going to worry about me? What if I, my voice cracks? What, what kind of waste of time when you are coming in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Amen. What kind of reputation are you trying to build in people that don't matter when God needs to feel comfortable? Amen. They cried out, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Amen. Oh, yes. And the Pharisees said, shut them up. And they said, if they shut up, the rocks are going to cry out. Amen. God bless you. Flesh. Doesn't, God's uncomfortable with it. I said God's uncomfortable with it. He resists the proud. Amen. How dumb. How completely stupid Zacchaeus climbing up a tree. How undignified. Jesus said, it's your house I'm coming to today. I don't feel comfortable around a lot of these around here, but I feel like you're going to make me feel at home when I come to your house, Zacchaeus. Amen. People start breaking down the roof to get to Jesus. Oh, you're making a mess. Jesus didn't feel uncomfortable. He fell at home with that kind of faith. He's going to have to break through your pride. Amen. We're so ultra-sensitive about people. And so unsensitive about the Spirit of God. Amen. Did you hear what they said? No, I was too busy listening to my Lord. Did you hear how he said that? Did you hear how he came across? I'm not sure how I'm coming across. I'm doing my best to obey God today. And I can't be so worried about everybody's flesh when I'm so concerned about letting God move. Because if God can touch your heart, if God can talk to you, amen, he'll change your life. We live in a world, our flesh is so ultra-sensitive. But our spirits are dull. Are numb. The Holy Ghost is moving. It's my regular prayer. God, let me be sensitive. Sensitive to you. People say things that will hurt you. That's, that's, that's going to happen. Your friends aren't always going to get it right. People that mean the best. There's times in my life where I felt like I could sit down and probably talk longer than you really have patience to listen to about all the different ways I've prayed about and dealt with and thought about to just deliver something the best way possible and still folks offended. But if God's okay, I'm okay. Amen. I said, if God can be okay, I'll be okay. I want to be sensitive. I want to be listening. I don't want to try. Hear me now. As I, I might be just preaching to myself right now, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time worrying about saying something that might please or offend you. Because you may come and you may go, and I hope you stay. Amen. I want you to stay, and I want you to bring as many people as possible. I don't want to offend anybody. I've heard preachers already sound like they just get a kick out of hurting people's feelings. I'm not that person. But my heart is to be sensitive to God. Amen. To be led by the Spirit of God. That I have to just stop and let God work, then that's, that's lead on, God. 
If I've got to get quiet or get loud, it's not about just trying to... You know, like I said, Jesus, He did nothing but love people. He did nothing but give. Nothing but serve. They crucified Him and His friends walked away. Let it happen. Amen. Why are you so worried about your reputation? Serve God. At the end of the day, if you get close to God, He'll help you love people like you can't love people on your own. He'll give you a sensitivity to be a blessing and be hospitable. But when you come into this house, you start just on your knees somewhere, if you're able to, or just in prayer, reaching out to God, saying, God, I want you more than anybody to feel comfortable in this house. God, I want you to feel at home. It makes sense. If you really love God, a lot of people saying they love God, if you really love Him, you'll, con- you'll be concerned. You'll consider in your life what pleases Him and makes Him feel comfortable. Because I have found the things that make Him uncomfortable, they damage my life sometimes. The things that He doesn't like, my flesh, my pride, my will, it's never done me a lot of favors. But if I could come into His presence, I want to take some time and show you in the Word of God. You might not, you might not be somebody, I'd never, if you knew me before I came to God, I... You wouldn't recognize me in a lot of ways. You know, being passionate was about as opposite of what I've ever been. Lifting up my hands, dancing, leaping for joy. It's not my nature. Some of you, maybe you said, I've just, I didn't stop dancing, I just changed partners. God bless you, I wasn't a dancer. But I came to God and I realized that when I worship Him and come in His presence and express that to Him, it humbles me. Amen. Some of you have been in church for a long time. You say, I just don't like to hear myself pray. I don't like to hear myself worship God. And that has what to do with it? God likes to hear it. Because I'm going to show you in this Bible that this loud voice is consistently making a joyful noise. Lifting up your voice. Making a, making a loud noise to Him. Is, is, it, it humbles you. It humbles you. This idea that, 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 that lifting up my hands, that, that uh, you know, uh, oh, that's just strange, it's weird. They do it at the ball games, they do it at the concerts, amen? But it humbles a Christian. Sure it does. It's so funny. We, aren't we funny sometimes? You know, oh, I'm, everybody's looking at me. Yeah, everybody else is raising their hands, got their eyes closed or up and head toward heaven. They're all paying attention to you. Pride. Pride. Oh, you know what? If I start saying this or that, and it, it doesn't matter what people think about that. Somebody, God, you, they don't be listening to you if they are. Amen. And you certainly don't want to please them over God. Amen. Oh, if I just, if, uh, if I dance or leap for joy, and oh, I, I just, I don't know what it would do. I know who it would please. The Bible says praise is comely for the upright. It's beautiful. God feels at home in the praises of His people. God feels welcomed when we honor Him with all of our hearts.
Don't be afraid to lift your voice. Don't be afraid to open your mouth wide like the Bible says. Don't be afraid to just express that to Him. The more you let go of that self-conscious pride and begin to say, it's not about me feeling comfortable, God, but I want you to feel at home in this church. I want you to feel at home in me. God is going to work for you. God is going to move for you. God is going to fill you. Amen. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So often we have our minds so so focused on the wrong thing, so filled with what we think or what somebody else is thinking, and we forget about Our guest of honor. Hospitality. Making God feel at home. Hallelujah. Weak prayers. Distracted praise. It's not what this Bible's about. Self-focus. Listen, you've got to set that aside sometimes. You've got to set that aside and start giving God glory. The spontaneity of the Holy Ghost moving. We want God to move, but we want to lead. Hey, God's God. He's Lord. Let Him lead us. Let Him work. In order for Him to really work, He's waiting for somebody to make Him feel at home. It's not about us and what makes us comfortable, is it? But oh, Holy Ghost, I want you to be feel comfortable in me. This house is a house of prayer. This house is a house of worship. Worship, by definition, is about Him. It's about giving to Him what is due Him because He has great worth. Oh, let's find a place to pray. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, how I love Jesus. How I love Jesus. Take off every excuse you have and lay it down and love God. It's okay. There's people around you that want to help you.
out to him. Reach out to him. There's a reason. We praise like we do. We pray like we do. There's a reason. There's emotion. There's passion. Oh, there's a reason. Because the Father's looking for that kind of relationship. Something real. Oh, yes, Lord. making him feel at home than ourselves and our comfort. We start being less sensitive in our flesh and more sensitive in our spirit. Hallelujah. God starts working in great ways. God's got God's got to work for you. God's got a plan for you. But oh, so often we are like what Jesus said in Our hearts are just dull. They're waxed gross, the Bible says. They're they're so tough and rather than sensitive to the voice of God. More than anything, pray. Pray, God, help me. Help me be sensitive to your spirit led by you. Lord, help me to make you feel comfortable in my life and in our church that you can have your way. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's all stand, Father. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your help. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask you, Lord, to continue to work in our hearts and lives. Lord, help us to consider your word throughout this day. God, bless the service this afternoon at the Margaret Malhome. And again, we ask you to just guide every word, every song for your glory. We love you, Lord. We thank you again. Have your way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.